Alexander Hamilton. His name is Alexander Hamilton. And he's a really badass Capricorn. So just you wait. Just you wait. So welcome back to The Stars Made Me Do It, Capricorn season. A continuation of Capricorn season. And we have a fun episode today based all around Alexander Hamilton and the Hamilton play. Um, Spoiler, Hamilton is a Capricorn as well as Lin-Manuel Miranda. So that's why we're doing this for Capricorn season. Yeah, and so if you, I don't know, haven't read up on Hamilton or haven't seen Hamilton... It's still going to be interesting, but it would make it, I don't know if I want to say spoiler alert, because it's history, because. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is all known. (laughs) But uh, here to help us with the history, we have a returning guest, our cousin Justin. Returning guest, I like the sound of that. Yeah, right? Our our history uh, buff. Yeah, we called up our history uh, specialist uh, to join us on this episode. (laughs) Cousin Justin. Bachelor's minor in history from Adelphi University, ringing strong. Nice. And you know, our listeners really liked your episode. Yeah. That you oh, did. Oh, thank you. We're like a lot of fans of it. So. We're sure that's fanning your Leo flames, for sure. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and since I uh, tried to play that a little bit uh, unbiased, I'll play this unbiased, even though I am admittedly more of a Madison fan than a Hamilton fan. And um, that's completely as much as I do love Hamilton. I went to James Madison University, so I will accept that bias. So, <laughs> but yeah, we're doing a Hamilton episode, and um, Tara and I are big fans of the Hamilton. I feel like everybody who like watched that come out on Disney Plus this uh, quarantine has been singing it ever since. Yeah, um, I only saw it once, but I've listened to the soundtrack many times. Yeah. Um, how many times have you watched it? Um, I watched it, I think I've seen it two or three times. Two or okay. three times? But and um, Justin has not seen it, so we'll get like a fresh, like purely historical viewpoint from Justin. Yeah. I, I did read the book that inspired it, but the book is not a musical or a play. Right. Yeah, because it's it's like they use the history to make it, which I think it's so cool. So going into like a little bit of Capricornness, like we said, um, or Tara said that both Hamilton and Lin-Manuel Miranda, who wrote Hamilton uh, and who played Hamilton, they are both Capricorns. So, um, so yeah, I wonder like if when, when Lin-Manuel Miranda was reading it, if he was feeling like connection personality wise to hamilton and was like i love this guy and i need to make something bigger out of this yeah and apparently like he was deciding between if he was going to play burr or hamilton and and he was like kind of leaning towards burr but then he ended up going with hamilton and as he was like writing all of the songs for burr he's like why am i not being burr again because he wrote like (laughs) all the epic songs for burr but um I just saw this. I just saw this thing on Netflix. It was like, um, like famous songs. They had like a killer song on there. They had um, 
they had a bunch of songs and one of them was the uh, wait for it and it was like the mm-hmm. whole like how uh, Lynn manuel Miranda you know came up with the lyrics and how they created the song and everything and uh, it was just it was really cool and I was just thinking as I was watching it I'm like this Capricorn it's such a Capricorn thing how he's acting and it was just uh, <laughs> so yeah I guess we'll get into a little bit the way we're going to kind of do it is talk about the um I want to say characters, but they're like real people, so historical figures, um, mm-hmm. and then the actors that played them, and we're going to try to focus on their personalities, and then Justin's going to jump in with some historical facts that maybe back up. Um, and events and interactions between these people. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's, uh, I guess let's get started with Alexander Hamilton. his name is alexander hamilton and there's a million things he hasn't done um i feel like he's such a classic capricorn like in the um in the play he's just like i'm just like cardinal sign to the max like i'm just gonna i need to accomplish this i have this goal i need to make a name for myself i have this goal i'm gonna go for it like i need to get these i'm gonna be resourceful in order to get what i want um Mm -hmm. also running a business when he was like 12 yeah or something and, um uh treasury secretary you know and uh being money. totally motivated by money and yeah i feel like like the part where um you know he he basically like was like don't be mad at me it was just an affair all of my uh all of my i don't know like spreadsheets are in order here like <laughs> <laughs> You know? Yes. So let let's have um, Justin give some some background. Yeah. On Hamilton. Okay. So he was born in, on the island of Nevis, which is now St. Kitts and Nevis. Uh, it's, it was a very violent slave colony, uh, the type of place where when they used to have to execute runaway slaves, they had guards on hand not to keep the people in, but to keep the slaves from rebelling because they were so outnumbered. Wow. Uh, so very violent, hard scrabble existence. His dad abandoned the family. His mom died when he was young. He went to live with the cousin, and the cousin killed himself. So he wasn't coming up with you know the best foundation, but he did end up getting uh, sponsored to come to New York, and then you know the rest, as they say, is history. <laughs> it's like like the lyrics of the first song (laughs) oh yeah yeah definitely like you just said all the lyrics (laughs) you know but you know he was super successful and i think as a capricorn that that's why like with that kind of upbringing oh yeah if you were anything else i don't know (laughs) my like i don't know i'm just thinking like sagittarians are are prone to like I mean, I'm I'm not one of them, and I do have my Capricorn Moon keeping me like stable. But like, they're prone to like gambling and like um, like just like risk taking and not having any direction. Like, if I had none of that, like I don't know if that like inner drive like he had could just be like taking over and getting myself like moving forward despite all of my terrible circumstances. That's very mm-hmm. Capricorn indeed. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Do we want to talk about Lynn Manuel Miranda? being a capricorn he's he's a capricorn i think that i just it just like that was what like kind of inspired me and tara wanting to make this episode (laughs) we realized that lin-manuel miranda was a capricorn writing about a capricorn played a capricorn Mm -hmm. and it was just like such conviction as hamilton (laughs) (laughs) 
but yeah, I yeah. Guess. I mean, I don't, I don't know much about him personally, but yeah. yeah, he's he's a Capricorn. What I will say is that I think he, it took him ten years to write Hamilton, and he was doing other things during it. So it's like that's mm-hmm. got to show a lot of dedication and like, and also it was something that I don't think a lot of people like necessarily believed in because it was like, how can you make a historical, uh, like musical and make it do it well and he was like no guys i got this like this is gonna be good so yeah i just think that i don't Mm -hmm. know i think it's perfect (laughs) and hamilton was at that point in the public consciousness like kind of an unknown it was he's on the money unless you really studied history he's kind of a footnote in what you learn in school yeah so and there was actually uh when they were trying to take jackson off the 20 there was also talk well why not take hamilton off the 10 because like who cares about him yeah he built the mm-hmm. treasury system so teensy bit important yeah <laughs> and um, <laughs> i think that that just reminded me that i think lynn Ma- lynn manuel miranda i always have trouble saying that um uh, he was inspired when he found out that one of the founding fathers was an immigrant. And yeah. that was like, I just think that's a really cool thing too, to, you know, to be inspired. I love the immigrants. We get the job done moment so mm. much. <laughs> Makes me so happy. I think, I think his parents are both, um, they both uh, came here from uh, Puerto Rico, I want to say. Um, and yeah, because Hamilton came from, was born in Nevis, he was actually not eligible to ever become president. So interesting. he, like Franklin, are the two people on the money who were not ever president, but he never would have had the option. Franklin would have, but at the point the country was founded was just way too old. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we want to talk about uh, his nemesis, the damn fool that shot him? Mm. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Burr, sir. So... Aaron Burr was older than Hamilton, uh, already establishing himself as a lawyer in New York when Hamilton got here and took the scene by storm. This is all on, you know, the precipice of the revolution taking place. Mm-hmm. But when they first met, I mean, other than a few courtroom interactions, they behaved amicably enough towards each other. There wasn't an immediate dislike yeah, I feel like in the uh, there was never even like a dislike that it sh- it kind of showed in the in the play. It was more like um like like a rivalry almost, um, and it seemed to be coming more from Burr's side than from Hamilton's side. Do you agree, Tara? But not right away. Not right away. I don't. No. Um, no. Uh, I think at first it was almost like they didn't really they didn't like each other and they didn't dislike each other. Yeah, they were, they were just like we're both doing the same thing. And we we bump into each other a lot because we have similar circles, but it wasn't mm-hmm. like a like a dislike even. It was just kind of um but they weren't best buddies. They weren't best buddies. And then they had like their um Oh my gosh, I was, this was so cool when I was watching like the whole um, Lin-Manuel Miranda creating the song Wait For It and how he was like everything, like so all the songs in Hamilton are like raps except for Burr's and um, and he was like trying to think about how to make a song for Burr and how he's like, he's the anti-Hamilton and so that's why his song is like not a fast paced like uh like rap lyric and why it's more of a song and he was trying to think of like well okay if hamilton's like the go-getter and like the i'm gonna go 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 like how do i make a good song about well i'm gonna wait 
I'm going to stay. And so that's like how it inspired the whole song, like wait for it. And how, um, I was just thinking about, okay, so like Burr is an Aquarius and an Aquarius is a fixed sign. And then Hamilton is a Capricorn and a Capricorn is a cardinal sign. And a cardinal sign is going to be like, boom, let's go, let's go. And then an Aquarius is like, I'm staying. I am fixed. This is what it is. And I just thought that was the coolest thing with the wait for it versus like, you know, I'm not throwing away my shot. Like uh, the dynamic of the two songs. And that's even how Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote it, where he's like, I want to make the anti-Hamilton song and I want to find a way to like write about how I'm staying, but make it not sound boring, make it sound intentional, like I'm intentionally waiting. And I thought that was really cool how it like related to their zodiac signs of like being cardinal versus fixed. So another thing to bring into it is that they're ascending signs. Hamilton's an ascending Sagittarius, which they can be reckless mm-hmm. and just go for it. And Burr's ascending sign is Virgo. So very calculated, thinking it over before doing anything. Me and Hamilton are both ascending Sag. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Justin, can you tell us more about, uh, I guess, Burr, right? We'll, we'll keep talking about him a little. Yeah. I mean, Burr started out in New York. He didn't start out in politics, uh, but he had a lot of ambition. He kept thinking he was smarter and better than he was being treated. And he had a lot of views that for the time were considered extremely progressive. He wanted his daughter educated as much as he would have educated his son, even though the topics might not have overlapped entirely. Mm -hmm. Uh, He wanted women to have the right to vote. He wanted to abolish slavery. But then there's also, like, a lot later in his life, after Hamilton, after he gets, like, ostracized from American politics, where he's willing to do whatever as long as it furthers his own goals. So he's not a patriot so much as he's in it for his own survival. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you know what he studied before politics? I'm just curious. Uh, I believe he was a lawyer. But... Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what they had in, well, I mean, <laughs> according to the Hamilton play. <laughs> <laughs> I only saw it once. I don't remember. My history book. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they were both lawyers together, like uh, right. at lawyers at the same time. And um, they kind of go hand in hand. A lot of lawyers become politicians. Yeah. <laughs> it's just really interesting, like, how their relationship of. Like, they are really similar as far as, like, same circle, same almost goals, but, like, yeah. um, I do think that the whole, like, Hamilton has nothing to lose type of mentality versus Burr being, like, I have to make a name for myself. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean... It is kind of what you said, like Burr is the immovable object who, for better or for worse, is a pillar in New York and then later national politics because of how high he ascends. And Hamilton is kind of, you know, making his own headway, but he gets into politics more because he's brought into it by Washington and everyone else Mm -hmm. because they recognize his potential. But, you know, as Adams called him, he's a bastard and... He's an immigrant, so he can't ever become president. And the highest he can hope for is the Senate. Yeah. Interesting. I like that you called him Burr, an immovable object. Yeah. And he has a Taurus moon, so. Oh. That's kind of the immovable So he's a double fixed. Yeah. Yeah. 
Also, I would say a little, little conflicted there because to have an Aquarius sun and then a Taurus moon, I feel like they're pretty different. Yeah, because Aquarius would like, and both fixed in different ways. Like Aquarius is much more like, has a completely different way of thinking and seeing things, but also like is thinking most of the time of the betterment of humanity. Whereas a Capricorn is like, no. I'm going to be ambitious. Oh, what? I thought you, uh, you're going to Capricorn with Hamilton. I thought you were talking about Burr's moon. Oh no. Like just like in comparison to like where a Capricorn is going to be more, um, I'm going for it and I'm going to take care of me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, an Aquarius is more like, I don't, care i just am gonna do this because i know it's the right thing to do normally but then a taurus Mm. is like taurus like cares about the material possessions they care about like the monetary like situation they care about um i don't know like stability and um and comforts and so that's Mm -hmm. like a little bit like you said it's like a conflicting with the aquarius like the inner moon versus the i don't know outer aquarius or a simpler way to put it is the aquarius is an air sign so airy and light and tauruses are very grounded yeah so yeah that's a good way to put it yeah do we know what uh, real quick do we know what uh did we say what hamilton's moon was virgo okay oh so he's just like earthy boy cool money (laughs) and stability and if he doesn't have it himself, he's going to make it for himself. And Sagittarius Ascendant, a little bit reckless. Mm-hmm. I feel like that that's pretty, uh, describes the character we see. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's move along. <laughs> We're only on number three. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like all of these are going to relate back to Hamilton, almost like the relationship with Hamilton, too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so we have Hercules Mulligan and... Lawrence. Lawrence. <laughs> I like the I really like the um what was it? Oh and Lafayette, the those of them together were, you know, that little like group of four in the mm-hmm. and they, they all seem pretty lighthearted too, you know? Um mm-hmm. and I like how in the the play how they're like uh, when Hamilton's having his moment of just like speaking out and being like, we need to do something, we need to do something. Oh my God, like, am I being too loud? And then they're like, get this guy in front of a crowd. Well, I really like how they're kind of like, hey, this guy's awesome. Let's let's help him out. Let's, let's, you know, listen to what he has to say. And I just really enjoy, like, even if it wasn't necessarily like that in real life, I really enjoyed the dynamics of like the personalities that they had together, the four of them in yes. their little group. But um mulligan hercules mulligan was um a libra Mm -hmm. another cardinal sign and then hold on hold on can we just stop (laughs) hold on are they the four elements them we have no they're not never mind (laughs) no lawrence is a scorpio (laughs) edit out that part i was looking at their um i think is it the actors that played them the actors that played them are the four elements. Oh yeah. Well, that's why then. That's cool though. That's, yeah, that's yeah. a good thing to to keep in. That yep. um the actors are the four elements cuz yeah, they just seemed like a really fun like well-balanced group. Mm-hmm. So Mulligan is a Libra, Lawrence is a Scorpio, and the actor who plays him is a Scorpio. Um we have uh Lafayette is a Virgo and let's hear about them and what they did. Yeah. So 
Hercules was living in New York at the time that the British were coming in, and while Hamilton was getting himself set as Washington's aide-de-camp, Hercules stayed behind as a civilian, and it was on Hamilton's suggestion that they made him a spy for Washington. Mm. And the reason was he was a tailor, and a lot of the British officers would go to him to have their clothing fixed. So he actually is credited with saving Washington's life at least twice from, like, workings of British spies trying to have Washington assassinated because the belief was if they took Washington out, the whole Continental Army would just kind of give up. Huh. Okay. And then Lawrence was a... He was a soldier and a lieutenant colonel, I think, was the highest rank he held in the Continental Army. And he and Hamilton became friends. And actually, after Lawrence insulted another high-ranking general, Hamilton served as a second in the duel where they both you know, got themselves all worked up and shot at each other, and then it was all well and good because nobody died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember that scene, too. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so who else are... Oh, Lafayette? Lafayette. So Lafayette was French, as his name suggests, and he and Hamilton kind of were kindred spirits in that they were both very young they were both trying to find their way in the world and lafayette because of what was going on in france and how it was still a monarchy he had only so high he could ascend and since france was not actively fighting with anybody he went and sought out military glory the way hamilton did basically read all these military history books and said this is the way i can win glory if i go shoot at some people (laughs) which in that time was not false yeah (laughs) Yes. So, and he and Hamilton both, you know, uh, proved themselves to Washington. And so Washington took special interest in both of them. Hamilton by, you know, just running Washington's camp, essentially, and making sure they were as supplied as they could be, given the circumstances. And Lafayette proved himself on the field of battle because Washington was trying to protect Hamilton and kind of saw him as too important to send him to the field, despite his wishes, whereas Lafayette was some French kid here. So let him do what he wants to do. And at the Battle of Saratoga, when the Continental Army is fleeing and Washington's trying to rally the troops, he sees Lafayette rallying the troops. And that's kind of what endeared him to Washington, that even though he was shot in the leg and trying to like climb back onto his horse, he wasn't fleeing the battlefield. Mm. Okay. So um, what we say, Lafayette is a Virgo. Um mm-hmm. And Washington, we're kind of skipping around here, but it's fine. Washington's a Pisces. And then uh, Hamilton is a Capricorn. So we have, like, the three of them are compatible. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering, like, if I have more information on Lafayette's, like, uh, the rest of his chart. Because that is pretty, like, it is pretty wild when you think about it. Like, this isn't my country. I do want glory, but, like... I could just kind of, I'm shot. It's a good reason to to maybe walk away now. But no, I'm still going to, you know. Yeah, and that was kind of par for the course, especially on the American battlefield where people from Europe just kind of showed up and were like, hey, here are my credentials. So am I a general now? And Washington (laughs) having to like tamp down expectations, like hold the phone. (laughs) Okay, so for Lafayette, he's a Virgo, Gemini Moon, uh, Leo Ascending. Interesting. Okay, I get the Leo Ascending. Gemini mm-hmm. Moon. Hmm. All right. 
Yeah. Uh, I like it. So then, all right. Uh, we just have so many like people. I'm trying to keep us all in order. So mm-hmm. we have Hamilton in relation to everybody. He's going to be the Capricorn Earth sign. Um, Burr, not uh, not compatible air sign Aquarius. But then we have his little group of people. Uh, Lawrence is a Scorpio. Um, Mulligan is a Pi- oh sorry a Libra, and then uh, Lafayette is a Virgo. So I mean the only like non-compatible one in that group would be Libra, but Libras get along with everybody for the most part. Um, well, I think Libras get along with Capricorns. Yeah, I do. I well. think so too. Yeah. And then the four of them as actors were the four elements, so that's why mm-hmm. they just have this awesome vibe as a group. That's really cool. And I like how kind of in the same way Lafayette and uh, Hamilton almost like prove themselves to Washington. Yeah, that's really interesting. So do we want to discuss the ladies (laughs) and Eliza (laughs) Angelica? Yeah. This seems like the right moment to bring them up just and we can go into. So yeah, they Hamilton meets them and more importantly, he meets their father and their mm-hmm. brother because they kind of help Hamilton to establish himself as a force to be reckoned with in New York. Cool. <clears throat> because they have money, so therefore they are popular. Mm-hmm. But the father, I believe, was also... He, he was just very large in New York politics, and if you ever drive around Manhattan, around the Bronx, there are quite a few places named after them. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, if I recall entirely correctly, he met the three sisters, Eliza, Angelica, and Peggy, at a ball, and they were all immediately taken with him (laughs) in some fashion or another. And he did have correspondence with both of them, with all of them afterwards, more so (laughs) with Angelica and Eliza. Mm -hmm. And Angelica was the one who... You know, she was very popular. She was the oldest sister. She was really smart. And Eliza was more, at least in what I read, more of the, like, head over heels in love with him. And even though Angelica may have been a better political match for him, Eliza was the one that he wanted. But that didn't stop him from continuing correspondence with her after they were married, after she was married, after she left the country. So there was a lot of rumor that there might have been more going on there. But as far as history can prove, there wasn't. Oof. Okay. The scandal of the revolution. Such scandal. Yeah. Um, so Angelica is born February 20th, which is a cusp. So it's not 100% sure, sure but Google says she's a Pisces. Yeah. Um, and Eliza was a Leo. Yeah, I'm just like thinking about that now. I feel like uh, a Leo being head over heels in love with someone, like that would be like, I feel like that would be a good position to be in. Leos are like very like loving and like, I don't know, like for the people that they love, they just have huge hearts. So I feel like if a Leo is head over heels in love with you and you're receiving that love, like... I can just see a Capricorn being like, well, all right, you know. <laughs> but um, but then if Angelica was, uh, in fact, a Pisces, which I'm pretty sure that February 20th is like most mm-hmm. of the time Pisces, that is technically more compatible with a Capricorn than a Leo, because that would be Earth with water as opposed to Earth with fire. Um, but, I mean, I'm just thinking like, 
I know the Obamas are a Capricorn Leo couple, and I feel like mm. that works well, you know. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, they would be a yeah Capricorn Leo couple. I wish I could find their birth charts. I can't find them for uh, yeah Eliza and Angelica. Do we know, Justin? Do you know like historically? Like, I mean, there's the whole like uh, in the play where Eliza finds out about like the infidelity and she's just like I'm burning everything that you ever wrote me and I'm done and how could you and like I don't know do we know any of that like reaction or any of the history I mean obviously she was mad and what kind of made it worse was at this point like she never had easy pregnancies and so afterwards she was always laid up for a while and when you have a guy like Hamilton who you know wants to get what he wants to get he was away working on everything he was doing at this point so maria reynolds was near where he was working and so while his wife is recuperating from an incredibly difficult pregnancy that endangered her life here he is you know with this chick okay and so she was hurt but at the same time there was never a part of her that was like as far as we can tell in the correspondence she was never like this is over it was you're ending it with her and then you're coming back to me okay okay because i was just thinking with like the leo and with the pride and in like the the um the song about like burning everything and like you know just like the disgrace that you've like put me through and and all of this and oh my gosh i listened to um i listened to a song that it was like the original version of the song burn and Terry, you have to listen to it. I'll send it to you. Um, okay. It's so I, I like it so much better than the one that they put in um, in the actual show. But it was just like uh, there was some line about like you know I hear all the whispers. I know how you look at my sister, and I was like, oh damn. <laughs> you know? but, um, yeah. Yep. It was just making me think of like you know with the burning of everything a little bit a little bit fire sign. Uh, personally, I can mm-hmm. relate to that, and um, and also maybe like Leo, but um, but I can also see a Leo being like, um, bitch, you're leaving her, and you're coming back now. So. And, and they had four kids after he got back, so it's not like the love was gone. Okay. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. he was with Maria Reynolds between 91 and 92, and they had four kids after that. Okay. Uh, and there wasn't much of a cooling off period, because he got back sometime in 1792, and their next kid was born in 93. So, <laughs> obviously, he had some sort of charms he could work on her. Right? But the problem with the Maria Reynolds is that he was also dealing with Maria Reynolds' husband, and they kind of worked out this sick little deal where... You know, when the husband found out about it, he said, hey, I'm going to go tell the papers and ruin your political career unless you pay me. So Hamilton paid him. And then Maria would write him and say, I miss you. I need you. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. And Hamilton would go running back and the husband would say, I thought this was over. Pay me. And he would pay him. And and he just kept falling for it. So reckless. So for a smart guy, he wasn't really all that smart all the time. He had a wandering eye. I feel like. Exactly. I mean, not in this aspect, of course, but the Sierra, you can relate with the Sagittarius Capricorn confliction. I thought you were going to be like my wandering eye. I'm like, what are you no, talking? not at all that. No. <laughs> my Guillaume's like the only person I've ever dated and I married him. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the confliction of Sagittarius Capricorn, that is for real. Um, mm-hmm. 
because it's like go with the flow can't tie me down independence and then it's like show me stability show me commitment um Mm -hmm. yeah that is but i yeah i don't know um i do think it's interesting though that he so maria reynolds um and like hamilton wise she's the well we know she's the one that um that he cheats with but she's also the one who plays peggy um she uh, maria reynolds does an aries so he likes fiery ladies um Mm -hmm. so eliza's a leo and then maria reynolds is an aries and (laughs) i guess i could see that from like a determined aries being like i miss you baby (laughs) (laughs) and then hamilton being like uh i could pull it all off Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah i can make this work multitasking yeah okay we kind of skipped over, I don't know if we want to like, we've gotten out of order and it's fine, but do we want to go back a little bit and talk about George Washington? And I feel like we kind of just glazed over him briefly. Uh, yeah, and I mean, Washington plays a big part of Hamilton's life throughout his, well, his entire life from the point they meet in the revolution. Yeah. Throughout the war, Hamilton, you know, because Hamilton can't just say things to people, he has to write them down to show off how wordy he is. Uh, writes to Washington quite a few times saying, so this is when I'm going to get to lead troops into battle. And Washington every time is like, love your gusto. You're really smart. Can't afford to lose you. So no. Yeah. And, but it's always, you know, Washington is a man who everything he does is calculated and he's always trying to be everybody's friends at all times. So he never is, cruel to hamilton or you're being reckless or treats him like a child he's always just you're too important to me i can't i personally can't afford to lose you like there were a few letters in the book and the two of them just it's this it's almost the same thing like washington messes the words up a little bit but it's basically he's saying the same thing every time yeah Mm-hmm. And eventually hamilton being the hothead of the two of them is just like well, if you're not going to let me, then I'm going to, then I'm leaving. Okay. And he does this to Washington a few times throughout their life where he asks for what he wants and Washington just, no, 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 no. And eventually Hamilton's just like, well, then I'm gone. <laughs> and it's interesting because like in Washington and Hamilton's relationship, you see kind of like almost a father figure where yeah. Washington and also with Eliza and Angelica's father where they see this kid who has little to no he he knows he's he has ambition but he has little to no direction in life and they kind of steer him and try and put him in the best situations for him to succeed okay mm-hmm. so but yeah he ends up leaving and then coming back and working with Lafayette and he actually I believe he only sees battle once in Yorktown and Washington the whole time is like this better work because I'm either going to lose the war or I'm going to lose Hamilton or both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is the song where the world turned upside down and they came out victorious. I see you, George Washington smile. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, was, did Lafayette have anything to do with, um, I just remember, like, there were in like the Lafayette moment where he's like, "Hey, don't you need your right hand man back?" Does he have any influence with George Washington in regards to Hamilton that you know of? Um, I don't think I don't remember anything. I think it was like 
Washington trusted Lafayette at this point on the field, so he put Hamilton with him as kind of like a you're in charge, but also kind of let him think he's in charge, but also keep each other safe. Okay. Because what Lafayette did at Georgetown was incredibly risky, which was essentially they snuck towards the British under cover of night, got to the trenches, and then did what you didn't do, which was they engaged the British hand-to-hand. And any time that had happened, the British had won because they were trained soldiers. Mm -hmm. But it worked, but it was also incredibly risky because you're blade-to-blade with a trained soldier, Lafayette and Hamilton leading from the front. They're in the thick of things. Okay. How about... Shall we talk about uh, James Madison or to my fellow Dukes, Jay Maddie? Jay Maddie, okay. (laughs) Or what what about um, Jefferson? Did I skip Jefferson? Yeah. I did. But they kind of came at the same time, right? Yeah. Uh, Jefferson actually came a little later. Okay. Because while the Constitution was being written and ratified, Jefferson was in France. Mm Mm-hmm. So he met Madison first, and this was around the Continental Congress when they were trying to write the Constitution and get it ratified because they had had the Articles of Impeachment and not the Articles of Impeachment, Articles of Confederation. Tell where my mind is. (laughs) And it just wasn't working. So they got together and they said, now we're going to write the Constitution. The Constitution had been written largely by Madison, props to Madison, and now they had to get the majority of the states to ratify it. And the problem was they wanted a Bill of Rights saying, and this essentially, any way you feel about politics, this, this is where the two-party system gets started because you have the people saying the Constitution is a perfect document, and you have the people saying, but you need to say what our rights are. And the people on the constitutional side are saying if we tell you what your rights are, then anything else can be taken away. And they're saying, but if you give us our rights, then they can't be taken away. So you get the Bill of Rights. But Hamilton, Madison, and one other guy, John Jay, wrote the Federalist Papers basically saying, we don't need a Bill of Rights except the Constitution. Hamilton wrote the vast majority of them. Madison wrote about half as many as Hamilton did. Mm -hmm. And Jay wrote like five. I remember this song as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So, like, I mean, I know, like, just from what I've seen, that they they were in, like, yeah, they wrote the papers together, but also it showed them as, like, not, ri- I don't want to say rivals, but they had friction. Mm-hmm. James Madison is apparently a Pisces, and... Yes. Um, Jefferson's an Aries. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense that there was such, like, uh, angst with Jefferson and, uh, and Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently he either sleeps with Aries or he fights with them. So there you have. Yeah, I know. I was just thinking that. I'm like, he's got to draw to them somehow. (laughs) But yeah, Hamilton and Madison kind of had a Hamilton and Burr relationship where Madison at this point was, you know, in charge of the legislature and had an enormous amount of sway and then going forward became the head of the house of representatives so had an enormous amount of sway in washington but not well not in washington and i think was still philadelphia okay but hamilton had more influence on the executive branch because that executive has spoiler alert we all know was washington Mm -hmm. and they start out very similar and then 
Jefferson comes back, kind of ropes Madison into his side because they're both Virginia gentry, even though Madison kind of grew up in New Jersey, but they're both slave owners. They're both farmer class. Hamilton is an elitist. They're not elitists. So. Okay. Hmm. So having that, like, we don't like each other or hate each other, but we're doing similar things. But yeah, I know like, uh, what what was the angst between them in the in the play? It was like Madison wanted um, he was like for Virginia, like he was definitely like trying to protect Virginia, and mm-hmm. and then Hamilton was trying to get like the the National Bank. Yeah, I think that that's what the angst was there. We'll have the banks; they're in the same spot. You got more than you gave, and I wanted what I got. <laughs> <laughs> if you got skin in the game, you stay in the game. Yep. <laughs> They all have um, Hamilton, Jefferson, and Madison all have Sagittarius in their top three. Yeah. So, a little fiery bunch. A little fiery bunch. And also, like, a justice bunch. Mm-hmm. Like, thinking that what I think is, like, you know. They all truly believed in what they believed in. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and what Washington did now, Constitution's been ratified. Washington wins the vote unanimously because, of course, he does. And now he get he decides he's going to build a cabinet, and that's not in the Constitution. What are you gonna do? So he. Picks- <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just picturing like building like. Stop. When I was in elementary school, <laughs> I thought that's what they were talking about for like yeah. a good month there, and I was like, why were they making cabinets? Like kitchen cabinets? What? That's George Washington's like cherry we're, tree. We're putting politics aside. <laughs> I'm becoming a carpenter. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> Okay, continue. (laughs) So Washington, again, trying to be everyone's friend and also having an eye for talent, says he has a really good eye throughout his political history for people who can govern, but not for people who can lead soldiers. So his secretary of wars are always terrible, but his secretary of state was Jefferson, Mm -hmm. and he had a lot of support going into that, and his secretary of the treasury was Hamilton, and there was a lot of support behind him going into that. The problem was, while Washington said, I've got the two smartest guys in charge, this is going to work, they hated each other and everything the other person tried to do. Yeah. Yeah. Jefferson kind of aligned with Washington, stay out of foreign affairs, it's not our fight. But then Jefferson going further, we don't need an army and we also don't need a navy because we're not at war. So what would we need all those things for? Mm. Okay. Hamilton saying, you know, the British might not be done with us. Maybe we want some, you know, soldiers or ships or what have you. But Hamilton also building the banks and building the banking system and building it all based off the English model because the English model was the best model in the world at the time. And Jefferson saying, aha, see, he's an Anglophile. He loves those dirty English. Look what he's trying to do. He's trying to turn us into England. Mm. And so the two of them through intermediaries basically writing back and forth taking shots at each other and jefferson more so taking shots at washington whenever he sides with hamilton under pen names under a friend or someone doing the writing so it was a tumultuous cabinet where they all kind of washington just basically sitting in the middle losing his mind like why can't we all get along we're all working towards the same goal and hamilton and jefferson being like yeah but we're going about it wrong I love this idea of a Pisces being like, stop, and then <laughs> and Aries, and 
a Capricorn being like, Wah! and the Aries is like, I'm going to write from a different name and I'm going to tell him that he's being a jerk. If it's if he's not going to listen to me telling him he's being a jerk, I'm going to do it another <laughs> way. And then uh, and then uh, Hamilton, the Capricorn being like, do these imbeciles not see that this is the best system and it has nothing to do with it being British? Like, <laughs> yes. I can I can just see that I I not like enjoy that imagery but I can just I can picture it. Yeah. And then what ends up happening is that Jefferson and Hamilton both go to Washington and they're like, "He's here, I can't work under these situations. I'm leaving." And Washington begs and they both say, "All right, for a little bit." Washington <laughs> wins a second term, Jefferson's like, "I'm done." He leaves, he goes to Hamilton, "Please don't leave." Hamilton sticks around a little bit and then is like, you know what? No, I'm leaving. And again, parts ways with Washington, despite the fact Washington doesn't want him to go and goes back and still writes and still defends and does what he's going to do, but does it from the safety of being in New York with his people and pumping out babies with Eliza. (laughs) So what's like, because I think we've I think we've talked about oh we still have to talk about King George but before that like what about the like coming to the head of like uh, Burr and Hamilton what mm-hmm. what's like that you know straw that broke the camel's back kind of thing where they end up in a duel uh, that's actually still a little ways off from him leaving the cabinet position uh, he supports at well he actually doesn't support Adams through his election after Washington retires, but he also doesn't support Jefferson. And the reason being that essentially Hamilton doesn't think Adams is smart enough, tells him as much. Adams calls Hamilton a bastard and an adulterer and they get into it. But the whole affair is essentially what torpedoes Hamilton's career and sends him back to New York where he kind of loses not necessarily all of his sway, but all of his power because Madison and Jefferson and Burr get wind that this affair took place and money exchanged hands. And now they're like, aha, see, he was taking money from the government to pay off this dirty affair. Mm -hmm. And that's how they pay it. And that's when Hamilton goes to them and says, here's all the correspondence. Here are all of my accounts. You can see the money came out of my accounts, not the government accounts. I had the affair. He writes a pamphlet basically saying, I did it. I'm sorry. It was a mistake, <laughs> but I didn't do anything politically wrong. Uh, I like, <laughs> I just, it's so Capricorn. And I also feel a little bit like a little bit Sierra. <laughs> it's like a combo of needing justice and like, why are you offended by this? I'm laying it all out for you. Like, these are just facts. Um, but it is so, um, I just love that. I just feel like that's so Capricorn to be like, um, obviously I kept documented accounts of every single penny that I spent. And mm-hmm. here's the file folder of affair with Maria Reynolds. Like, you know? <laughs> just, oh my God. Fun fact though, when Maria divorced her husband after the affair ended, her lawyer in the divorce was Aaron Burr. Oh, interesting. Wow. So... Actually, at around this point is when Hamilton's oldest son dies in a duel. Yeah. Foreshadowing. Um, <laughs> yeah. And Hamilton now being in New York, Adams is president. Hamilton's not necessarily happy about that, but also it could have been Jefferson. So how bad could it really be? And this is the point in history where the vice president is whoever wins the second most votes. So you've yeah. got Adams 
being a relatively ineffectual president with Jefferson behind him name calling and making fun of him because everything he hated about Washington, he hates 10 times about Adams because Washington was Washington and Adams is not. Yeah. And he can say all these nasty things about Adams because he's not Washington. So people aren't going to get on him for slandering a war hero. Yeah. And then the situation with Burr gets to a head after Adams leaves office. Okay. Doesn't he like support Burr's rival instead of Burr? Or was he, it, supports he supports Jefferson, Jefferson of yeah. all people yeah. against yeah. Burr. Yes, that's what it is. And because of that, Burr ends up winning the vice presidency. Now, this isn't what caused the duel, but it was the. It basically. Burr was on the precipice of everything he wanted, and Hamilton being Hamilton, because at this point, Washington's dead. Burr and Jefferson's supporters are pretty much ready to start a civil war over this because they both think they're right even though they both kind of align on the same side of the aisle and it's hamilton who comes in and basically says based on everything based on character based on history based on politics jefferson should be president and that doesn't endear him to jefferson but it definitely turns burr off to him yeah Mm -hmm. so Later on, then, we have the them going back and forth, and they're both saying kind of slanderous things about each other. Uh, Burr went back to New York and tried to run against the governor. Hamilton opposed Burr again. Uh, they continued kind of trading words, and Burr, essentially, something Hamilton said put him over the edge, and he never really came clean to Hamilton about what that was. They corresponded and he said i want i demand satisfaction essentially we have to have a duel hamilton says well if you tell me what i said i can't refute what i said unless you tell me what i said and burr just essentially is like no we're gonna we're gonna do this we're gonna duel damn (laughs) and hamilton had been in these situations before where he said something they said something they dueled and then they showed up and they both like threw their shot away or they both like fired up in the air and so Mm -hmm. Uh, They end up going to New Jersey because while at this point dueling was illegal throughout the country, the rules were a little bit more lenient in New Jersey than in New York. Of course they were. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So they go out. Hamilton has his moment. And he has in correspondence with people, am I going to throw my shot away? Am I going to take the shot? And it's hard to say what happened because all the accounts of what happened vary. Okay. Some people say that he threw a shot away because the shot went high. Other people say Burr's bullet caught him, and that's why his shot went high, because he fired after he'd already been hit. Mm. Burr's account is that he shot because he heard the bullet whiz past, so he shot and killed him. And, of course, he doesn't die right away because you get shot in the gut. It takes a little while, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm. And so he's one of the only founders who doesn't get to live to, you know, see old age out of, well, Washington was already old at this point, but Madison and Adams and Monroe to a lesser extent and Jefferson all get to live out their lives and he's cut short. It's interesting. Like, I mean, just thinking about like the the play versus history, like it's it's pretty damn accurate. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I'm just thinking like everything that you say, like I I can picture it happening because I I, I watched it. But um, in the play, it's it they like clearly portray it that he throws the shot. Yeah, 
Burr doesn't. That Burr doesn't. Mm-hmm. And it's ironic because Hamilton was so reckless through his whole life and Burr was so careful and calculated and yeah he Burr is the one who's reckless yeah in the end yeah Ooh. and Wisdom. Burr at this point yeah he this guy kept the president's from me then he kept the governorship in New York from me and I think Burr at that point was kind of just like I've had enough yeah mm-hmm. but yeah. then what ends up happening he's never actually tried for Hamilton's murder right and he went back to the site years later with like a biographer and was like oh yeah that's where the that's where his bullet hit and like pointed out the bullet hole in the tree wherever hamilton shot one and basically just like walked through step by step like yep and then i killed them and they're like how do you feel about that and like well he's dead like (laughs) what a freaking aquarius man that is such an aqua thing to do well i mean factually speaking he is dead now He's dead now, and I don't understand how that affects me. Yeah, so what was your question? Uh- <laughs> yes. Oh, and my then, God. Yeah, Burr has to, he goes into exile, essentially retreats to the back country, and then decides through some sort of plan that he's going to try and overthrow the government and install himself as some kind of leader. This gets brought to the Supreme Court, and he's brought up for treason and essentially they're like he talked about it but he had absolutely no planning behind it so i guess it's not actually treason so he gets let off with like a slap on the wrist Mm. and his political career at that point is in tatters well poor guy yeah i know Mm. it's like he's like a he's like what's the he's an antagonist but he's not a villain Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah but that's a lot um (laughs) before we like finish up though let's talk about potentially or what am i trying to say um arguably the best character of hamilton king george (laughs) (laughs) he was pretty great i love i love this character in the play um jonathan groff is the actor he's an aries um Mm -hmm. he's also the voice of Kristoff. Which, okay, Penelope did not see Hamilton, but when I was listening to the soundtrack, she recognized that it was Kristoff's voice. Which is incredible. George. I know. Penelope I is like, incredible. It's like Kristoff <laughs> versus like, I'm, I'm singing king as George. a British king. Yeah. Yeah. But King George is a Gemini. Was a Gemini. Ugh. I just... King George. What? <laughs> <laughs> Can you give us like a really brief... I don't know. Whatever we need to know. Quick background. King George. We can make it quick. Uh, King George, Gemini, King of England during all of this, didn't take the colonists seriously. I mean, from his point of view, they incurred the costs from the Seven Years' War, so why should they not pay for it? All the other colonies are paying for it. Why are you special? They rebel, he's a king, so he's going to track them down. Uh, them all signing the Declaration of Independence is essentially an act of treason, so he's going to kill them all. They lose they lose at Yorktown, and he's ready to send more troops in, because they have plenty more troops, and Parliament at this point is essentially like, we're done. Spent too much money, spent too much blood, not worth it. We can still, you know, we're still England. Uh, and then he goes insane later in his <laughs> yeah. life. And he, so he's still the head of state, but they kind of just keep him at Buckingham Palace out of view. Okay. Uh, while he slowly loses his mind. 
Mm. But was he losing it during the war? Um, I don't think it it starts to occur until later, if I remember correctly. But okay. he wasn't like a mad king throughout his entire reign, so it was something that you know they it happened. But I don't think it impacted how he was reacting during the war. Though him seeing Washington step down, he was like. Why would you do that? You're, you could have been president forever. And Washington was like, can I please just go back to my farm? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can see that as a, a Gemini being like, why are you giving up this power? Um, yeah. I like but in the, the, uh, the play, he's, he's portrayed as being a little wacky. Which I, I like guess when was I mean, because he did actually go a little crazy. When he's end. just he like... He was eccentric. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he... he it was dementia, that's what it was, that got him later oh, okay. in his life. But he went blind, had bad rheumatism throughout his body, developed dementia, and then would show up places and speak nonsense until they kind of steered him back to the castle. Oh, jeez. And then eventually he was unable to walk, so... Mm-hmm. Well, you know, again, not necessarily a villain, but for all intents and purposes. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, I mean, like, as the king, he couldn't just be like, all right, well, you guys go do your thing then. Yeah. We'll let you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Best yeah. of luck. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I'm really pleased. I feel like we should do, like, a, a mini recap because I feel like we talked so much about everything but Zodiac that I kind of want to give, like, a... <laughs> which is good because it all supports it and it's all super interesting. We can go through um, the characters and the actors. Yeah. Zodiac. So Alexander Hamilton, Capricorn, Lynn Manuel Miranda, who plays him, is also a Capricorn. Uh, George Washington is a Pisces, played by Chris Jackson, who is a Libra. And then David Diggs plays Lafayette and Jefferson. Lafayette was a Virgo, Jefferson was an Aries, and the actor is an Aquarius. And then King George, like we said, uh, was a Gemini, and he's played by Jonathan Groff, who's an Aries. And Angelica is a Pisces, played by Renee Elise Goldsberry, and she's a Capricorn. I feel like she gave Capricorn vibes. Right? Yeah. I, that's, I thought that, too. <laughs> um, Eliza was a Leo, played by Philippa Sue, who is a Gemini. And then uh, Maria Reynolds, um, played by... Uh, Maria Reynolds is an Aries, and Jasmine Cephas-Jones played her, and she's a Cancer. And then... Uh, Madison, James Madison, is, was a Pisces, and oh my gosh, I don't know how to say this actor's name. <laughs> yeah, you got you got the tough one. I don't Okiriete know. Oneo Dowen. I apologize for not I, knowing I how to say that. <laughs> no, for not knowing how to say That's that. That's a tough one. It is. I, th- it is. I think it's understand. That's a tough name. So the, he's the a Leo. yeah, the actor's a Leo, um, and he's the one who plays Madison and Mulligan. And Madison was a Pisces, and Mulligan was a Libra. And then Aaron Burr Sir. was <laughs> the damn fool that shot him. Um, Aaron Burr was an Aquarius, played by Leslie Odom Jr., and he is a Leo. And yeah, then we have Lawrence was a Scorpio, played by Anthony Ramos, who was a Scorpio. So nice. Um, Good but yeah, coming all back to Alexander Hamilton, very noteworthy Capricorn. Also, just like to talk about the whole treasury thing, coming back to that. Like, didn't my dad say that he was like president of like the treasury in his high school for like four years in a row? Yes. Yeah. So very Capricorn, very Capricorn thing. <laughs> I love, oh, that's the last thing that I want to say is I love in, um, in the play where um, he's like, 
Do you want me to be like uh, treasury or state? Treasury or state? Um, you want me to lead the treasury or the state department? And then Washington's like treasury. And he's like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> my favorite Hamilton Jefferson interaction is essentially when Jefferson becomes president and says, tear down everything Hamilton did. And his secretary of treasury, who's gung ho to do so, comes back to him and is kind of like, I can't. Like, it, it's it, it just works and if i do that it's gonna be bad and jefferson's just kind of like all right well we'll say we tried <laughs> i i love that <laughs> that's a capricorn legacy right there yeah well um thanks for being our history person again justin yes, thank our, you for of educating us. yeah and we're going to have justin back for a president's themed episode at some point yeah probably in February looking forward to it or yeah yeah that'll be fun so it's cool when we we have like our uh, combined uh our very otherworldly astrology knowledge and opinions and facts and like <laughs> you know in contrast combination with like hardcore history facts i uh and i like it i like it it's it's fun to analyze real people because yeah. you really do know their signs yeah so, and i feel no like guessing. this is this is an amazing example of how like the alexander hamilton lynn manuel miranda both being like i feel like classic capricorn characters like very driven especially like you know alexander hamilton money driven um and very like uh capable and can take care of themselves i feel like that's just such a classic capricorn hashtag mm-hmm. classic capricorn <laughs> <laughs> yes. Alrighty. Well, All wait. Right. Let's ask. Let's ask Justin. Why? Why did we discuss this this week? I believe the stars made us do it. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Ding. That was a really fun episode. It was a really fun episode. Thanks for listening. Yeah, and I'm I, I'm really looking forward to doing the other like historical episodes yeah it's cool Um, to have a rotation going on of mm -hmm. yeah so we hope you enjoyed that and we hope that you also are able to rate review and subscribe to our platforms such as apple Podcasts, spotify all the good stuff it really helps us the stars made me do it for all of those and then for our social media platforms instagram and facebook the stars made me podcast yeah, and send us any um, topics you'd like us to discuss. We have some awesome things planned, but we love to hear from you guys and what you'd like to hear about. Yes. So thank you for listening. Thanks. <laughs>